I think um, what moves me is work that connects. And by that I mean there's something alive in me that when I share it with you, creates some life in you. Hi, I'm Carlos, co-founder of the Happy Startup School, and welcome to our Happy Startup Community Podcast. Along this journey of building the Happy Startup School, I've had the privilege of meeting amazing people from around the world. Whether it was across a banqueting table at our summer camp festival, or sat at a beach cafe in Goa during one of our retreats, each of them had fascinating stories to tell and interesting ideas to share that have changed how I look at business and life. This podcast is my effort to share these conversations with you and to open up your horizons to new perspectives and ways of viewing the world. I hope they become a source of inspiration, learning and connection. Enjoy. Over the past seven years of building the Happy Startup School, I've met entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes. Some are motivated by looking at the market and creating what's wanted, while others are motivated by an internal need to create what's true to them. In my mind, they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. At one end is the businessman, and at the other end is the artist. In this episode of the podcast, I talk to Max St. John, who spent time at the business end and is now transitioning to the artist way of living. He talks about the locus of evaluation. This is the place where we look to find out whether we're doing the right work. For Max, it's less about understanding what moves the market, but more about what feels true to him. While he accepts the need to make money, he also believes that we can't force work to come our way. Despite what marketers and salespeople tell us, we can't control whether clients appear or not. What we can control is how we turn up in the world and where we place our energy. And where we place our energy is where things will grow. We explore these ideas through the lens of Max's journey of entrepreneurship. If you're a creative entrepreneur trying to understand how to straddle the two worlds of artist and businessman, then you'll appreciate this conversation and identify with Max's story. Enjoy. Press record, so I don't have to think about it. Um, yes. Um, Hi. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I am. I, I had a call this morning at seven a.m. Mm. Um, so it's it's it feels like it's already mid. It is already midday. It feels already the day is yeah. has gone. But um, I I I am I, the reason I can pull that up because that was that's the first question she asked me. So how are you doing? Mm. I'm doing good. I feel, um, yeah. It's one of I feel okay. I feel uh, it's one of those less anxious days. It feels mm. like yeah. Um, so on a scale of one to ten, I would put myself at a eight. Oh, eight is good. Yes. Nice. How about you? Uh, I can feel like some tightness in my back and a little bit of an adrenalized feeling in my body. It's been there on and off for the last few days. Uh, I'm aware that I'm res- not well resourced and that we've just come back from holiday. We got back midnight Monday um, 
and it says a lot of traveling, driving, ferries, children who were great, but you know, um, school starts tomorrow. My youngest start has his first day of school, which I'm feeling torn mm -hmm. about. Uh, so there's probably some sort of an emotional loading there going on. Um, and, and I'm planning for my summer camp talk. And it's been, it's been such a long time since I stood on the stage and talked to people and it feels, uh, it feels important to me. And so I'm trying to remember how to have fun with it and to, yeah. and to just ease up and let go a little bit. So I did a lot of planning last night, which was helpful and um, planning and then screwing things up and throwing them away. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, there's some that I was, I saw a blog post, I think Lawrence might have written it, excitement. <laughs> I, think I love the fact that people are using that word now. No, no I'm only going to use it to you now. I won't go around using it. Oh. That's what he said to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it does. It's like the it's and uh, a mutual friend of ours, Anne Berniston, told me a really nice story about she was working with a coach and reframing feelings is from negative to positive, or you know that that's a bit too black and white or dualistic. But it's like. Yeah, I feel some tension in my body. That might be because there's a lot of exciting stuff happening right now rather than, oh, I must be anxious and things are bad. So, yeah. Mm. But all good. All good. Yeah. Awesome. Where did you go on holiday? Uh, we did a week's camping in Brittany and then we drove a little bit further southeast and spent the uh, best part of a week near Tour in a little jeep on a on a farm somewhere so yeah, didn't oh, go too far. tried to keep things fairly um fairly uh economical this year um, mm -hmm. uh, but it was lovely really nice just good to get a change of scenery weird being on holiday when i haven't had a lot of work and i don't have a fixed work routine or pattern or office um so that the concept of holiday becomes something quite different, which is much more about mm. getting, um, like changing a space to, so that I'm not just away from emails or anything like that, but it's more about being with the, more focused on being with the family, um, and yeah. away from jobs and my usual day-to-day -day home surroundings rather than being away from an office and chores and duties and that. But it was good. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad I went. My feeling around holidays these days, um, because uh, some, you know, the, the work isn't necessarily just nine to five yeah. and, a, and a set pattern, and also you know work is is fun <laughs> and yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it feels weird, like a previous context, like I deserve a holiday because I've been working really hard, yeah. and yeah. so now it's time to to you know just to play and sit yeah. still and or you know, just not do work. But now, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to come to terms with like, it's okay to have a holiday, even though you haven't felt like you've been yeah. slaving away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important because we, our habits, behaviours, mindsets, attitudes, everything is shaped by our environment, by where we are, by the things, like not just the, the home, but the, the place that we live. So if you don't get that, um, change of space then you don't get that change of perspective and mindset and all the rest of it so you know I think that's I think it's um 
it's a duty to go on holiday. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing about being more present with the family, I think, is yeah. particularly if you have family and working oh, is so important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw more of them. And I don't mean it's like spent more time with them. I'm, with, I'm sure we talk about it today. But, you know, a lot of my time spent in childcare and dropping off at school and things like that. And very involved. Uh, so it's not about more time with them, but I saw them differently. And they changed, you know, and it's mm. partly to do the time together. Um, but I've seen... A massive change, particularly my eldest, just over the summer holidays, generally school summer holidays, but particularly over the time we were away, really came out of himself. So it was lovely. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, I think we're all, we, 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 we come from a different space, even if we are with them all the time. Yeah. When you're not oh, in yeah. a routine or needing to get somewhere. Or Constantly to get between time. things, yeah. Somewhere between A and B. <laughs> cool. Oh, I'm glad. So, um, it it sounds like uh, you've you've come back feeling, um, I was gonna say more rested, but it just it feels right. like with a different space from a different space. Yeah, something like that. I think so. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> I, I I couldn't say. I think uh, I've just come back. I'm trying to work out what's next. <laughs> I'm here. Well, what's next is you're going to give people a five-point plan for <laughs> success in business. Yeah, right. Yeah. And how to create more flow by being living purposefully and making loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up for my free ebook, and I'll give you all the secrets. My click funnels near yeah, name. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. See it by the end of it, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to give um, the listener a bit of context, uh, the, um, we had a conversation uh, around just, um, I, th- I think you, if I remember correctly, we were talking about just getting stuff moving on work and mm. finding energy around it and mm. trying different things. Um, from my perspective, I, I was talking to a community before I went on holiday, actually, we had this conversation of, um, artist versus entrepreneur. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's nice. and the way I, w- I was looking at it in this, this kind of a spectrum of where ideas come from or where the, the inspiration or the, the things we want to create, where does that come from? And so from a, um entrepreneur's perspective it's kind of looking at the market and what are the needs there and, mm. and what, how can i satisfy those needs yeah and then from but from an artist's perspective is actually what what's it um in me that i want to create yeah. and where do i want to deliver value um oh no actually no what is it that, that lights my fire there's things we want to create and then there's things that the market need mm-hmm. and finding where that those two match seems yeah. to be the thing. But for me, it was like identifying where do you come from? Which, which space are you working from? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it does make sense. So with uh, our conversation, it's, um, I think to, to start with, just to give people a, a feeling of, 
the work that you do, mm. really. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to take a guess here. You know, you are on the artist's end of the spectrum. Yeah, definitely. In in the definition that I'm I'm hearing from you, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm a trained entrepreneur. Exactly. Yeah. So there's that awareness of of market forces, or what Lawrence says is what moves the market, and then also what moves you. So, yeah. why do we start with what moves you? Ah. Okay, yeah, easy questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> what moves me? I think um, what moves me is work that connects. And by that, I mean, there's something alive in me that when I share it with you, create some life in you. Um, so from that perspective, the entrepreneur in me doesn't have much space to play because unless it's something that I feel is a sort of a natural expression of what I want to, to do in the world, something that feels true to me, something that feels like it has life, then I'm not really interested. And that's come from years of doing things to make them fit with a market need or a, a customer segment sort of set of behaviours or needs and finding that really unfulfilling. And not just unfulfilling, but uh, that doesn't really, you know, in inverted commas, create value because it's working through models rather than it is working through uh, a felt sense of what feels really good right now. Um, and at the moment, that's an evolving practice for me. I have been teaching, training, facilitating for six years. I've been working in organizations, organizational settings, either running companies or running teams or um, being a consultant for ah, 15, 17 years, something like that. I and moving much more away from a set of offerings such as teaching a leadership practice, consulting with these kinds of organisations, much more towards um, a, a, a practice or a, a way of uh, operating that I'm developing myself, but if it appeals to other people, then they can find a way to work with me so it's this shift at the moment for me it's a shift from being very sort of strategic and packaged about things into just trying to find ways to create good opportunities to do the work that will also sustain me and my family if that makes sense mm. and so maybe um uh, elaborate a bit about the work that yeah. you want to do uh, yeah. what is it there? 
So the work that I'm doing at the moment is a lot centered around, has been centered a lot around conflict. And so I teach something I call a, pra- I call a practice. And by that I define as a, a way of approaching something that requires constant uh, learning and development and integration. And um, yeah, I call that how to fight well. It's really framed around conflict, what we might think of as conflict in our lives, whether that's interpersonal conflict or internal conflict, and looks at where does that stem stem from? How do we understand the roots of it? Uh, How do we change our relationship to it? And what tools and methods can we use to do that? Uh, how do we turn it instead of being a, a problem and something that just feels uncomfortable? How do we see it as uh, a natural part of being alive that can teach us more about ourselves and each other? And so I've been uh, teaching that as an online course. So that was my entrepreneurial self about two years ago. I said, right, I need to, I need to do this thing. I'd been feeling it for a while. It's healthy conflict. Yeah, that's a thing. People need that could see that need wasn't being met. Uh, it felt very obvious and real to me. And I also had a need in that I was moving to Cornwall. I'm going to be quite remote, very sparsely populated area. Need to make some money in order to pay the mortgage or at least contribute to paying the mortgage. And uh, online courses was just starting to be a thing that people do. Now everybody runs an online course, you know. But... Uh, so I packaged it up and thankfully people felt it was something interesting. And then just from there, it just kind of has gone on and on and on. And um, so that's what I have been doing is teaching online courses in healthy conflict. And that's evolved a little bit into some coaching. So I have some coaching clients. So people have said, I, you know, I don't want to do a group course. Or I can't do a group course. I want to do some one-to-one work. And I've also been offering, uh, the space that we have here. So I live in a farmhouse in North Cornwall um, on the coast, but in this sort of big agricultural area. And we have a, uh, a, a kind of converted barn next to it, which is very self-contained. We were running out on Airbnb, um, but I've realized it'd be much more fulfilling if I was working with people who wanted to come and spend some time really getting into something so they could get away from their day-to-day context and we could do some sort of deeper work together that that's been uh, less instantaneous i guess because it's much easier to sign up for an online course for a couple of hundred quid and click a button and show up to a group call or you know have an online coaching session Um, but there are a lot of people that are interested in it so that's something that has some some promise again there was a mixture of um intention internal intention intent perhaps about like wanting to I really could feel that I want to work closely with somebody and I want to give somebody that space and have that given that sense of uh, it's almost like um, work companionship so to come down here and spend some time with somebody who they enjoyed spending time with walking and talking and learning what they need to learn and also a an analytical entrepreneurial mindset of like what have I got I can't host big groups of people on our land yet we haven't got the accommodation we can't do big retreats right here in in our space but we do have this nice accommodation in a lovely place so how could i um offer that so 
long way of answering your question and then talking a bit more about that entrepreneur artist sort of intersection i guess and, and in the past mm. i've been doing a lot of consulting work uh, i've spent years and years working with uh, public and private sector organizations either doing um change work around uh, participative leadership which is the idea of encouraging everybody to be able to take the initiative and know how to do that well in a way that drives the organization forward in inverted commas and also in training around communication non-violent communication um uh yeah lead, lead, more leadership stuff so that that kind of intersection between training people mm -hmm. how to do things and then consulting on, on sort of programmatic change but that's kind of that's fallen away in the last couple of years partly because of uh, i think maybe a change in location uh, and also I'm becoming much more choosy, I think is a good way to put it, about who I work with. And it's not so much the who, but I've got a big open question about what, what can we really change within an organisation. So again, it's, it's, it's about my own energy. So my energy has to match my sort of belief that we can have an impact and that it's worth doing. It's no good. Of course, I, could, I think I could put together a nice proposition and go and sell bucket loads of consultancy tomorrow if I really wanted to. But I no longer have any way of drawing that, drawing on that resource, that making it happen resource. It's just not something that I, I can do anymore. Mm. So rewinding just a little bit. <laughs> um, no, it's good. I think there's, there's lots of stuff to pick into. I just wanted to set this context of, uh, it sounds like the work that you um, uh, you do and I think you want to do, you said about conflict, there's interpersonal conflict and there's also internal conflict. Mm. Um, and also you do body work. Yeah. Um, there's, so there, there, that's the what. Mm. Um, and again, trying to break things down a bit for people. It's like, uh, I'm also curious about the why. It's like... You know, there's yeah. this work that you want to do and what drives you to do that work, forgetting the market, forgetting yeah. who else needs it. Yeah. So I think the why, the why really goes back to my own personal mental health crisis in my mid-20s. I, I sort of imploded under stress working in a big, world's biggest media, digital media company uh, in their London offices. And uh, long story short, bypassing a ton of stuff um the outcome of that was a real sort of curiosity about why we are why i am the way that i am um how where i am and what i do affects my not just my mental health but uh what is it about work that either enriches people's lives and gets good stuff done in the world and what is it about it that seems to create discomfort anxiety stress illness and um stagnation poor outcomes making money for the sake of making money that sort of thing and that that's gone through a number of iterations so early on that was about okay well how do i save the world through conscious business and democratic companies and non-hierarchical working you know there's got to be a better way fuck the system all of that you know kind of hero slight hero mentality and 
um, a little bit combative, I guess. There's, there's an old way that's bad and a new way that's good. And you know, it's about models and systems. And I think the more and more learning I did, the more I, I realized that um, the problem, as it was, or the the root of it is inside each and every one of us and is about our conditioning as human beings as we mm. grow and we develop. It's about the messages uh, that we receive from the, the system around us, the culture around us, how we choose to respond to those. And so particularly over the last five years, it's gone right in uh, to, for me personally, like the only thing that I can change is how I uh, respond and relate to the world and to myself. And I think what's what I where I've got to with that is that's the only work that's worth doing, and that's not a reflection mm. of my opinion of other or criticism of other people's work. It's just that I don't have any energy for for much else. So unless we, mm. as individuals or as teams, can come from that place, then everything else is like window dressing. It's sort of building um, yeah. building skyscrapers on quicksand. So the reason I do it is also because I think that is the uh, route to a more healthy relationship with self, um, with others, and with the, the world around us, the ecosystems we live in. And mm -hmm. so ultimately, the reason I do it is because I think systematically or systemically, that work is the work that re-enlivens a culture that's kind of deadened in some way and can create a opportunity for regenerative relationship with the soil you know plants the ecosystems everything so it's kind of working with from deep within ourselves doing practical things in you know how knowing how that will change and shape what we do but knowing that that what will then be the thing that regenerates communities society the planet but it all has to start with. Mm. So I do it. The why is because I don't have any energy for anything else. Um, because I don't fundamentally uh, believe much else can have any impact if we haven't started there. And I think that's the word that's, that was ringing through my head when you were talking. It was about, it feels like it's about real impact. And there's a level of, um, oh, and so the, I feel there's, there's, Motivation to heal and connect and, and see that the world can be different, particularly from your own personal experience of how how you your journey's been and where impact has worked for you. Uh, and then trying to make things happen at a systemic level sounds complicated and difficult and, and there are you can work on it, but it doesn't necessarily create the impact that you want to see happen unless you go deeper yeah and if you're that, that awareness or like actually if i there's an integrity there that if i really want to make impact i know i can't i can't i know i i feel it more energy doing it at that deeper level yeah that's how i that's how i heard it yeah i think it's it's um it's only talking about what i feel to be true to me so yeah, I, I know that you know by doing systems work, you know systems work. There is some, there is value and benefit to that, and and lots of other practices or approaches that people are employing to try and um, uh, bring about more sort of social equality or healthier relationships with the planet. There's, I'm sure, there's lots of benefit to it, and that that being involved in that work, changing mindsets and attitudes and relationships itself, and you know, so it's not as simple as we've got to go in to go out. 
you know, there's a, a, the work that we do, the work that we engage in, the thinking that we do together then can change us. Um, so for me, it's more about what do I personally know? What can I stand on with um, confidence and, and not the kind of confidence that needs to be summoned, but, you know, I can stand in it and on it because I know it to be true for me. And if other people feel that to be, that it might be a benefit to them, then they can learn with me and we can learn together. Uh, it's that kind of approach rather than trying to be a looking out there, seeing what's wrong out there, trying to go and fix out there, uh, or trying to be the subject matter expert um, from a technical perspective. Of course, I, I, I do some research and learning and understand what the, the, you know, where there is scientific evidence and data that, I, that would help reinforce or even challenge uh, what I know and what I'm teaching. But ultimately, it's coming back to what do I know to be true for me and then offering that, you know, without expectation to, to other people in case they want to come and have a bit of it. So the two words that ring out there is, is are meaning and integrity. And, and the, where you find meaning in your work and, and where you feel integrity in the work that yeah. you do. And uh, I think, um, so going back to this, coming from an artist or in out inside out rather than outside in perspective of the work we do um at the entrepreneurial end i i stereotype kind of image of a person who who sees um what people want gives it to them but doesn't necessarily fulfill them in any way or provide any meaning other than the fact that actually i'm making some money from it yeah and then the other end is like the work that i'm doing creates meaning in my life and aligns with my values and that's the most important thing to me yeah so and so yeah yeah. no carry on i I guess the thing that immediately came up for me is from the the work that i do is uh, the concept in psychology of the uh, where your locus of locus of evaluation is so where do you look for um evidence that there is a problem where do you look for uh, confirmation that things are all right in for you where do you look for solutions and when you have a very sort of external locus of evaluation it's all about looking out um, for things to make your life better for a lazy way of putting it mm. so um and it's how we've been trained, you know, it's how, it's how our school system works, it's how the media presents, it's how, um, it's our general sort of cultural uh, norm, which is that we look outside of ourselves for uh, the answers to our problems. Uh, and that includes how do I find work? How do I make money? Uh, how do I feel like I matter? Uh, how do I feel like I have meaning in my life? Uh, and I think... I've gone through a whole sort of journey around this where uh, I was looking for meaning by doing things that I kind of knew that other people would approve of and see as good. And while it seemed like I was one of these sort of purposeful business people, there's a a big trap that I fell into where it was really, I think, to some degree about making myself feel 
like I was enough, like I was good enough, like I was uh, responsible, mm. um, that I was, you know, playing my part to fix the broken planet, all of that stuff. Uh, and it's a bit of sort of a, like a sneaky trap in, in a way because I'm still focused mm. sort of out there. Like if I can get that approval, I can do things out there, if I can talk about meaning and purpose and, you know, how we address these global problems. And if people like that and pay me money and even, then uh, I must be doing the right thing. And actually I think what the, what the artist knows is that uh, the life is inside of them and nowhere else. Uh, and of course it might hurt if somebody says that you do shit art. But deep, <laughs> deep down, you know, you produce what you produce because it's an expression of what you know to be true inside yourself. And, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's very normal for us to, because we've got a culture of work whereby you you have to earn money and because you have to pay the bills and you know that uh, work shouldn't necessarily be fun. So you put aside all of that who I really am and what do I feel to be true for the purposes of going out and making money. Um, and for many people that probably feels like absolute necessity and un unavoidable. Chances are, if you're listening to this interview, if you're in my circle, then when you're unlikely to be one of those people who are at risk of uh, not being able to put food on the table in two days time. Um, but we're all conditioned to feel that way. And that's kind of what drives us to continue working on that sort of externally focused, uh, yeah, approach. But yeah, I can't remember the point of, uh, I was originally trying to make, I'm not sure if I've gone yeah. No, I think, well, what I was trying to, I think, um, lead us down this path is like, uh, the picture I have of the person who, who we're talking to is someone who's who is eternally motivated and driven, but um, they live in a paradigm that you described, where their measure of success or their measure of worth is based on how much value they're creating for others. Maybe that's in terms of uh, monetary value or material, some, some kind of external measure of success. Yeah. Uh, but what I see this conversation to be about what your work is about and what I think our work at a happy startup school is about is to give them the inspiration and the courage to step out of that paradigm. Yeah. Not that it's going to be safer or it's going to be easy or there's a seven point plan to success, hmm. but there's another way of looking at things and there are others out there trying to work through this. Yeah, definitely. That, that feels more aligned. And so what I hope we're going to offer is just, you know, if you're out there trying to make that step or take the jump, um, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to be alone in those struggles no. and those challenges and the difficulties around it. Um, so kind of I feel we've got a picture of, you know, that internal drive and motivation and that um, I think a higher level view of what where meaning comes from. Um, but then there's the pragmatic side of things. And there is that the fact that we do live in a world where we do need to pay mortgages. We do need to pay for stuff that kids need when they need to go to school. And there are other practicalities of it. 
And so we look to, for now, we need to make money. And so be, I, I'm interested in terms of how you're trying to tackle, and you've, I think you've touched on it before, but that, that journey of trying to, things that you've tried and, and um, things you've experienced by trying to marry those two worlds, yeah. for want of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it is. It does feel like the the question of sort of our time, doesn't it? It is where we're getting clearer on um, the things that things that help. You know, help us feel more healthy, mentally healthy, physically healthy, um, and the things that don't. And particularly in the context of climate and ecosystems, you know, we're, we're all aware that um, overconsumption is. A, a big problem how do we find a way to uh, meet the sort of the basic pragmatic financial needs of the system that we're in but mm, try not to compromise on the things that we know will help keep us healthy healthy in ourselves healthy in our relationships and i guess what have i tried it's a really good question I feel you're straddling two worlds, and you have you've yeah, been in two worlds. I, I, yeah, I, I, the world of I meeting them. I think the thing, the, the reason I'm hesitant is so I think I could describe this in a in linear terms in that I worked in a consultancy, and so what we did there was the the typical thing of uh, trying to find clients who had a need that we could meet and build programs around that um, that we would you know structure around originally around time and materials so we would cost up how much it would um it would cost us and how much we wanted to charge and how much profit we make and contract with the client da, da, da. and then we moved to that much more being about value so using value-based models of uh costing and selling and that i carried that on into my life beyond employment so when I left the, the last company I was in and I was running. Uh, my first decision was that I wouldn't go back into employment. I wanted to work for myself. Um, so I did I did some training courses for people, for some ex-clients. And that was very much around, again, around people knowing what I did and what I could offer, them needing it and approaching me, actually, rather than the other way around. Um, me finding out what the real need was, constructing a program, us agreeing a price to it, and going delivering it. Very, very straightforward stuff. Uh, I guess one of the things I learned very early on, uh, which I'm sure people listening to this, or you, our community is really aware of, is that you can put shit loads of effort into marketing and advertising and PR, and people do. And you can stress the fuck out trying to engineer clients and customers to you. Um, I think unless you're selling consumer consumer goods, for me personally, almost all of my clients were came to me independently as a result of something I did three to five years ago. So that's something I learned very early on is that I couldn't I couldn't really make work happen. Uh, in that not the consulting work sometimes it'd be like you know an email prompted somebody to to get in touch and they'd been meaning to get in touch for ages and um, but more often than not it was completely out of the blue and 
but not because of something I'd done in the last 12 months. Um, so that was really interesting. And then that, to me, has <laughs> has led to, I haven't quite let go of that mindset and attitude that there must be something I can do to generate work right now because it's not coming in. But it's led me to know quite clearly that I'm probably not going to be able to um, yeah, force it, basically. Um, but one of the things I did do early on was uh, I decided I wanted to do something quite different because I've been doing a consulting gig for a long time and I wanted to, I've been very inspired by these alternative business schools in the Netherlands and Scandinavia and I wanted to start my own in Brighton, um, as you know, and I didn't have the money to do that. So I thought, well, how about, why don't I try being really, really clear about what I'm trying to do and seeing if people want to help. And I considered using crowdfunding platforms, but in the end, I just put a shout out and said, you know, I just need help. Um, I need some financial help. I also need, uh, I could do connections. I could do with, uh, if you've got spare old furniture. And I went and found people who wanted to be involved. So a, a, a guy, uh, a dear friend of mine, Simon, uh, had, I was introduced to him. He had a space and we struck a deal that was affordable and manageable for me, but also for him to get my overheads low. And then I found my first customers, in inverted commas, I found eight people to come on the first cohort. And again, we found a way to make that uh, manageable for them, but also provided me an income. So it's much more about conversation-based um, pricing models, as it were. So it was very individual and mm. very dynamic. Uh, and then I put, uh, I was very, very lucky and very grateful to get some some, from some sponsorship from Pedanet. Um, were very generous and supportive uh, and uh, they helped me and, and as, along with a number of other people so there were some people who were paying me a little bit of money every month a bit like the Patreon model now um, and so that was really interesting and that was fun and it worked for the for the initiative as it was for the first sort of nine months or so uh, I think what I learned from that was well, what I learned was I didn't know how to sustain that. And uh, and that's fine because I treat everything as a kind of a learning opportunity. But uh, so there's these kind of two different models that I've tried out, which is continuing the consulting value-based or time materials-based pricing, uh, putting, uh, you know, tr trying to make connections or find clients, but ultimately then finding me. Uh, and then this other way of working, which is creating something that, uh, that has some life in me. I feel p other people might want, uh, and then finding more creative ways of packaging that up from a financial perspective. And both both have worked and, and not worked to a great or a lesser extent. Where it's, I guess, what it's led me to think now, or where I am now with it all now, is that um, I, yeah, the, you're talking about straddling two worlds, and I think there's a tension. I, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this as well, but I. I don't, I'm not sure we can, if, for the work that I do, I, I don't feel very clear or very uh, energised about engaging in marketing, inverted commas. Like, do I, I nearly, <laughs> I nearly put together some Facebook ads about six months ago and in the end I just ditched it. <laughs> it just didn't feel like it had integrity for me and didn't, didn't match with what I was trying to do. Uh, and like I say, most of the people I've ended up working with have come to me independently of anything I've done in recent sort of memory. 
So the way I'm working at the moment is is actually just about trust. My my whole sort of business model is or business plan is trust, which would not stand up with a bank. But uh, if I continue putting doing <clears throat> doing what I doing what I I really want to do and sharing that, making that clear and obvious to people is kind of the signposting thing. Keep writing about what I'm doing, uh, engaging conversations with people uh, where it might be helpful and relevant that this will lead to people coming to me to do the work that I want to do, if that makes sense. Mm. I'm, I'm really glad you used the word trust because that's the, <laughs> that's the word that's been ringing through my ears all the time you've been talking. Yeah. Because um, what, I, what I see with this um, funnel-based structured marketing approach that we're presented with particularly with online businesses mm. particularly in the age of smart passive income yeah. um what people are looking for is certainty yeah uh and there and you were saying is like you know to be able to to manufacture a pipeline of clients that will come to you and and i've i've and on the journey and learning from yourself and your journey and, and other people in our community about looking, I think looking at the world is not this is kind of uh, linear, like you said, mechanistic, do A, B, and then C will come along. But there's so much uncertainty that really actually exists out there. Mm. The, the only thing that... Um, that we can do is trust that we're doing the work that is valuable. Yeah. And, and that by being uh, true to that and true to what you believe is right, you, you somehow manifest the connections and the awareness and you always deliver the value because you, you, you're really uh, invested in, in making that impact and that change yeah. because you believe it's you've experienced it and you want others to experience it. Yeah. And that being a, a a path to the people that need your help, um, and it's and I, and I always and it's, it, it is come down to these two worlds because the, on one hand, I, I'm going to call it the woo woo world, um, <laughs> and, and I've, I've been and the conversations I've had they they talk about the five D and the three D existences right. that we have. So there's one the woo the five D woo woo world is like you know, with a strong intention and manifestation and, and real clarity of your purpose, the work will come to you. Yeah. Uh, and and not in the sense that it will magically appear. Yeah. It's just because you are so focused and you're so clear yeah. that the you will see the opportunities arise and you will go down the paths that were potentially hidden be previously because you were just thinking very much about money, sales, marketing, very yeah. pragmatic yeah. points yeah. of view. And then there's this other world that I see a lot of people and they're making money off of it in terms of actually, you know, it has to be about awareness. You need to get your name yeah. out. Facebook ads can work and you can do social media marketing and you can, you know, turning up at events and doing gigs and speaking, blah, 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 and writing books, write books, that classic one. Write a book because that's the way to get people to trust you. Yeah. Um, that That's another paradigm. And I, I'm, I'm trying, well, I'm so much more I want to live in the other world mm -hmm. where we do the great work mm. 
and the right people get it. And we, we manage to satisfy our material and emotional needs mm. adequately by doing it that way. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people who are scared of that. And then there's a lot of uncertainty in that as well. I, I think it's, it's foolish for us to not, or to forget that we've been told that that's the only way since we were very young. Like school conditions us to believe that, you know, it's about doing things that you don't want to do uh, consistently in order to feel safe. And if you don't do that and you don't meet a certain set of criteria, if you don't um, create that, uh, what's the word? Yeah, if you don't have uh, that sort of um, material measure of success then uh, and you don't work your hardest to, to meet that, then you're, you're in trouble. And, and that, then that, thought, that slips into the world of work. You've got to get a job because you've got to work. Um, yeah, ideally, it lines up with the things you're interested in at least or maybe just good at, uh, but you've just got to go and do it. And that's having a job is, you know, is safety, is security, not just in a material sense, but in an emotional sense and in an internal sense. And then as an entrepreneur, that kind of slips into, well, I need to be, you know, uh, certain about my next three, six, nine, 12 months, um, like some pipeline sales or whatever, which as you know, everybody knows is, is very hard to, to, be, to be clear about. But um, what's the point of what I'm saying? I think the, the woo-woo stuff sometimes becomes less compelling than it, sh than it should be because really that idea that there is any certainty, that you can create certainty, is is uh, fundamentally untrue. Like the world, nature, mm. physics uh, is chaos, you know, chaos theory, complexity theory. We know the world is chaotic and complex. Uh, there was a long period of business where we could create some kind of certainty, some level of homeostasis, and we built business models and ideas around that. They were all about that, creating certainty, creating homeostasis. You know, in the last 10, 20 years, we've seen that being disproved with the way that business has gone and you know, massive institutions failing catastrophically. We know it's not true, but we're finding it hard to let go of. And anybody who's been through rounds of redundancies in their, in their various companies and that I have um, knows that having a job is not, a, uh, not secure. You, know, you, you can be far more secure as somebody who's self-employed than you are as somebody in the company if they can get rid of it at the top of the hat. Uh, so the point of all that is Woo Woo says uh, something like, you know, if you know your purpose and, you know, manifest, then, you know, and, and, and create that space for intention that will manifest the things that you need or the work. And, and like you say, it's not like that. Or it, it's much more practical than that. There's some truth to that. And it is that where you put your energy is where things grow. So if you spend 75% of your time worrying about where the work's going to come from and coming up with marketing plan after marketing plan, then that only gives you 25% of your bandwidth to focus on creating something really shit hot. 
And uh, actually, if you're spending your time worrying about the sales and the marketing, then the space that you're left with to do shit hot work is really poor. It's a poor quality space. So we know we know about human body and the human mind it does its best work when um the nervous system is calm and at rest that's when we're our most creative our most clear um uh, we uh, can make connections in our brain and out there different perspectives and different people so for me uh i've started to land that woo woo stuff in a sense of real sort of practical scientific uh knowing that if I allow myself to be fretting all the time about where the work's coming from and how I might make it happen, what I'm doing is diminishing the quality of the things that I create in the world and therefore uh, the likelihood that people are going to come and work with me. Of course, we can create really fantastic marketing campaigns. I spent you know, the first part of my career as a copywriter and doing digital marketing, which was all about not the product itself, but about the wrapper and the story around it. And I'm sure most of, not maybe most of them, but a lot of the things that I did you know, campaign work for, the, the product itself probably wasn't all that good. I think a lot of the things that are you know, offered to us in the world aren't particularly that good. But the marketing can be amazing. Of course, we can get people to buy things, but uh, that doesn't necessarily sustain the customer base if the thing is a bit shit. Um, and actually, I think in our world, which can be very crowded, you know, our, our marketplace, there's so many people offering, you know, purposeful business that, or you know, um, I don't know, um, uh, mindful this, uh, that really your differentiator. This is going to be one of those cliche things that everybody said, isn't it? Your differentiator really is the, the quality and integrity of what you're offering, not how clever and, and well planned your marketing strategy is. Of course, like you say, you need people to know about it, but it's better that they, when they come across it, when they read your blog post or um, hear you being interviewed, that they can feel, you know, in their bodies, they can feel that not just you believe in what you're doing, but you, you know, you, you know it inside out because of the passion and um, uh, clarity with which you speak, if that makes sense. Yes, all of that. I, I'm, the thing that stood out for me when you're talking about where we focus our energy. Right. Um, and I think um, the challenge, the, or the challenge I see maybe with, or the challenge, I'll, I'll talk it from a very personal level. I was like, my challenge was, oh, I thought to be successful, you needed to be busy. Yeah. And so if you're busy and you're active, then you will, the work will come to you. Yeah. And this idea of manifesting and woo-woo and, you know, the being clear and, and the universe will conspire to, to, to help you. I thought that as a very passive existence, yeah. but I've reframed that now. Actually, it isn't passive. It's highly active. It's just that your activity is where you get energy mm. and your activity is focused yeah. on the things that you believe in and gives you meaning and integrity. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you sit there and customers will come. It's like you will talk to the right people. You will have the conversations. And I'm hoping this is a conversation along those lines in the right way, with the right tone and with the right authenticity that puts messages out there. Yeah. And this is, again, this whole putting messages out there. When I used to hear that voice, that word, I think, oh, I sat there thinking and like putting prayers into the universe. <laughs> no, it's it's 
you're talking the language you need to talk with the people you need to talk to, and that has a ripple effect. Yeah. So there's the practical side of being aligned. Yeah. I think is the yeah, word yeah. I'm trying to the phrase I'm trying to use. Well, I think you know. And then um, sorry. Oh, I was going to say there's some no, very um, just to, there's a really nice example there. So those two different ways of doing business. Let's say you know you're in the meeting, you're you, you're having that coffee, um, and the version of you that desperately wants the work and wants to make it happen and is operating from that place, uh, that is really obvious to whoever you're with. You know. It, in your body language and in the, in your language, literally. And then also, in you know, limbic resonance, this thing that we pick up, emotions are contagious. If you're operating from that space at more, um, I can't remember what word we used for it, but like, uh, I've written extractive because it's all about extracting value and making mm-hmm. value. Then, then your whoever you want to work with or whoever you think you want to work with is going to feel that and they're not going to respond well to that. I've never responded well to that and I've never got good results from it. Uh, and if you do talk somebody into uh, working with you, then I'm not sure it's going to turn out well if they've done it because you've talked them into it or they felt sorry for you. Um, whereas the other way of like just showing up and being clear about what you're offering and what you know to be true and what you'd love to offer and letting go of how this conversation needs to turn out. I think it's much more likely that somebody would be able to a see clearly what it is that you have that they might want, and b feel good about you about working with you because they're not feeling like you're trying to rip mm. them into it. So I think again, it's it's really practical. And what I loved about what you said was uh, like something about gives you energy. And I love that this word energy is now being used yeah. a lot more in a way that doesn't feel like you know something out there. Like literally, we have. It seems like we have a finite amount of energy, and certainly when we're working in this um, way of like making things happen and trying to create certainty and doing it because I need, I, I feel driven to I don't know, uh, make a certain amount of money or get a certain amount of approval in the world, uh, then I am. It comes at a cost, and I think you know it wears you yeah. down. Whereas if you're uh, in an ideal world, and it's not that simple, but if you are offering something that is something you really, really want to offer people and feels like it gives you energy, you know, gives you life, makes you feel excited or good or whatever else, however you want to put it, then I think of that as being much more sort of from a a sense of, uh, what's the word? I don't know, it's, it's like renewable energy. You know, rather than having to yeah. reach inside yourself and pull it pull it out that morning because you've got to just get this thing done and, you know, you've got to move things on and you've got to try and create these, you know, this sort of income for next month. It's like, oh, what, have I, what am I doing here that feels good? Yes. And I think this relates very much to your work about and the way I interpret it, about internal conflict. Mm. and how that stifles the flow of energy yeah. and i would offer um, you know we are we're sources of boundless limitless energy yeah and and, and for, you know i know i could be physically in the same state having eaten slept the same way but depending on my mental state 
I will either feel incredibly tired or just I will work like a machine yeah. because I just feel something. You're channeling something. Uh, and I, and this is, I think, the thing that I want to, I feel like we can offer to someone listening to this, where um, the thing that might be stopping you from moving forward or you're finding something effortful is that you're not tapping into the energy source, the limitless energy source that you may have, whether that's your passion, your meaning, the, the skills, whatever that may be. And that's, and it isn't that the energy isn't there, it's just being restricted because yeah. you're doing something that doesn't feel aligned. Yeah, I've got this um, picture knock, and, knocking at the wrong door. Yeah. Yeah. We're searching for, we, we, yeah, we're, we're pushing against, we're pushing with all our might against the wrong door. Yeah. And so in practical terms, I think if that's what, you know, I, at the beginning of this call, I laughed at their seven-point plan. But, you know, in practical, <laughs> in practical terms, I think from my perspective, it is it's noticing when something doesn't feel right and it feels stuck. Mm. You know? And sometimes that's as clear as, like, I don't know what to write next. I've been, I'm in the middle of writing a blog post or an email newsletter or a, um, whatever it is, and actually it's just not coming. And it's rather than go, no, I've got to make this happen, and I might take a minute and think, is this just because I need to spend a little time just feeling into what I'm really trying to say here? Or actually, is this because it's coming from the wrong place? Is this me trying to force yeah. things? And sometimes just just stop it and, and come back to like what really matters right now. What could I be putting my attention into that feels like it does have life in it? So there is that, I think it's a, it's a mind and body practice in being a uh, an entrepreneur or a business person which is that you're trying to sense where the life in me is right now for this and if it's feeling stuck the thing i'm doing is feeling stuck i'm feeling stuck there's a reason for that it's either because it's not really clear what i am doing right now or it's because i'm doing it for the wrong, the wrong inverted commas reasons um, i'm doing it because i feel i should and i think that about doing it for the wrong reasons is the thing I'm fascinated about. Yeah. Because for me, and it relates, I think it relates a bit to the, or the way I see it, is it relates to the internal conflict thing, is that um, I think the challenge with what's out there in terms of do follow your passion, do work that's meaningful, is that sometimes we don't know what that is. Mm. And we don't know what that meaning means. And not only that, we don't know how to look for it. Mm. or to sense it yeah and so where i see the impact that i think work that you and other people in our community is doing is like giving people the way to start feeling into where that is and i think that's the journey that you're on uh, i believe and what i hear you talking the journey you've been on is like actually this is the work that feels integral and gives me meaning and now I can try and focus on that. Mm. And that's part of the journey I think people, I believe we're trying to take people on. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a trap as well, isn't there, in that the, we can lead people to feel like if they don't know what their passion is, then there's something wrong, right? Which, which ends up yes. being then we do things for the wrong reasons. So people are like endlessly stressing and pushing themselves to... 
um, try and find their passion because uh, you know that's not it's not okay that they're not clear about it. And I think you know what I'd say mm. is it's taken me a long, long, long time to feel clearer and clearer about what it is that I want to share with people. And I'm still not sure long term whether that's what I I will do. I think it's a good chance I could end up being a full time forest school teacher, or um, who knows. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. it comes back to what you're saying about like you tapping into that um, knocking at the wrong door. Any time we're acting out of the impulse that we're not enough, things aren't okay right now, uh, then we we should pay attention to that because we're probably sending ourselves down the wrong the wrong route. So whether that's like I'm not okay right now because I don't you know I don't have any work lined up for next week and I feel anxious and stressed about that. And so I'm going to throw myself into just doing something or whether that's, I feel anxious and stressed right now because I feel like I should have a clarity over my purpose and my passion. And so I'm going to sign up for the next course that comes along or, um, I don't know, or sit here kind of feeling less worthy. Uh, both of those, whilst they might, might sound like they come from different ends of the spectrum, are really just two sides of the same coin. And again, I think we come back to the word trust. Uh, and the other word I'd maybe share is the idea of intention. It's like, um, if, our, if our intention is to uh, win at life, so that when we get to the end of it, we have the house, the car, the successful career, whatever it is that we think is the thing, then um, you'll fight to make that happen, even if that's not what what really lights your fire mm. but then if you have this intention to what i what you put down to lead the good life whatever that means mm. and then trust and when i think of trust then i always i think again to your work about being present and feeling what's right and also trusting in what you feel is true not sudden uh, like a, a pre-programmed belief or an anxiety that's created from some external stimulus it's like real trust that you can what you're feeling is the right is is pushing and i I think the word wisdom Mm. springs to mind it's like that you what you're going to do next is is fine and it's okay uh and you don't necessarily know where it's going to go but it it there's a it feels right not in the blindly feels right but it deeply feels right yeah that makes sense it does yeah it really does um yeah it does make sense I think uh, I had a point and I completely lost it but <laughs> I think what were you saying about trust I think yeah we're not taught to trust I think we we are generally taught to do everything except trust and a lot of uh, how we talk to do business, be entrepreneurs, even today, especially today, actually, sort of the digital world, is um, create hedges against reality. You know, it's it's everything in lieu of trust, and mm-hmm. you know that is hard to let go of. Uh, and we, you know, it, like you said earlier in the call, there's a sense when we talk about some of the more spiritual traditions or what people might think we were approaches they're kind of this this trust in the universe or you know trust in life trust in the process often leads people to think it's about lying around um not doing anything or sitting on your meditation cushion 
all day. And it's not that. I think the trust is that if you, I think as we've said already, if you can really just give yourself the trust that um, given the right conditions, creating the right space, you will do the work that you need to do. And that doesn't necessarily look like you know, saving the world or um, saving the kids or uh, whatever you might think it is. It could be working in the post office and it could be um, running a multinational company, who knows. But the, the trust piece is that uh, it's not, again, it's easy to say like letting things uh, run their course Again, that will feel very passive to a lot of people, but you don't just yeah. do that. You're conscious, you're alive, you show up to work yeah. in, in your life and your family every day. You have to make decisions. You don't just stand there like a zombie waiting for somebody to point you in the right direction. It's more about learning to listen to your intuition and to your body and exactly. not to those tens- the tension and the urges in you that try and pull you in different directions. So I guess that's again, comes full circle back to why I do the work that I do is because me, exactly. for me personally, I am finding the value in and finding a way to listen to that intuition and to allow it to lead uh, and to recognize and work yeah. with all of the internal conflicts and confusion that comes up along the way. But that tuning into what do I know to be true in my body and my belly right now and allowing that to point me in the right direction, I think that's critical. So I think what the world needs right now, if the world needed anything, it's better the construct <laughs> yeah is more people who are just content and satisfied um yeah I, d- I don't mean in a passive sense again i mean that their contentment and satisfaction might be in non-violent um protest outside the houses of parliament but that they <laughs> but they're doing it not because they feel they should do but they're because they feel like that's what they need to do um it's from a for me. It's, they're coming from a place of integrity, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and real conscious understanding that they're doing this for reasons that they believe are very meaningful. So that's I think that's probably a better way of saying satisfied and content is like um, rooted in their own integrity. That's a much better way of putting it. I think that people could understand. And 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 that trust for me is, and this is personal, really personal note is like, I I have. When people say get comfortable with being uncomfortable or, you know, get comfortable with uncertainty, I, I really struggle with mm. that because it, it's it's a threat. It's a fear. But one thing that I've found, you know, talking to you and Charlie and, and other people in our community that I've taken on board, I feel like I'm getting closer to it, is that to be able to, A, by knowing more about what I need and where what brings me energy, trusting in myself because then when I'm clear about that then I will make the right decisions but then we never know what's going to happen next and what's around the corner but trusting that we'll be able to deal with it no matter what and we will have the energy and the and the resources to cope and and overcome I think this is I say there's this whole thing about like the trust in the universe and it becomes overused and a lot of people (laughs) just will not land it will just sound like hippie bullshit and I think it's much nicer, yeah. much more clear, and much more uh, true to me, at least, is that it's about trusting in yourself. It's the same thing. 
when people say universe, they mean themselves. It's just that we've been taught not to trust exactly. ourselves. And we've been taught that there's a, there's a clever answer. There's a right answer. We might not have it yet out mm. there somewhere. And so that means that we can't listen to what we feel or know to be true. And of course, that sometimes needs to be tempered with intellect and strategic self looking out and looking at how do we apply that intuitive knowing in a world that meets the pragmatic needs of the system around us. But that trusting in myself, I think, learning how to trust in yourself and not... And that's where the work is. And that's, I think that's where your work is, is helping people because the work is understanding how to trust yourself. Mm. And that isn't sit there and, okay, the, you know, if I focus hard enough, it'll, it'll, the, the thing will happen, is that we need to, fi- we need to really be clear about our internal com- compasses yeah. and we need to dive a bit deeper into what is it that's, what's, what is it that's the beliefs that are serving us and the beliefs that aren't serving yeah. us. And I think that is the chaos and the uncertainty in that journey can sometimes stop people from doing that, which then also stops them from finding that trust in themselves. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a distraction. But it's one to be listened to yeah. and cared and given some care. And it's very it's very easy mm. though, to slip into this. It's like I shouldn't be feeling, you know, tension in my body or uh, negative, yeah. negative inverted commas thoughts right now because I should be trusting in the pre- It's like what you were saying before, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is like, having some compassion for yourself. It's like, oh yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a bit edgy today. Yeah, that's okay. But you know, I'm gonna I know that if I just give myself what you know, a bit of space today, if I focus on what I uh, what I have been doing, uh, listening for new information, um, and yeah, just taking care of myself, then I trust that things will head in the right direction. So it's it's kind of an act it's active trust almost, like if that makes any sense. Exactly. I think I, that's what I feel we're trying to get to. Um, and that's my, no, if we want to give some, if the gift I hope that we're, we're trying to offer whoever's listening to this is um, another, uh, another way of, of framing the world around them and the, and the, the path that, that they're on. Um, the, Maybe it's an invitation to, to, to not just look outwards, but to look inwards. And so whether you are, particularly if you are the entrepreneur type, trying to you know, build that whatever million dollar business and, and look always externally, just being checking into where is that drive coming from. And then if you are on the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, wanting to, to create, come from a place place of creation and internally motivated um how how do you not knowing that you're not the only person out there mm. <laughs> trying to do that um but it not to beat yourself up mm. if if it doesn't seem to be working as quickly as you'd like it to yeah and 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 there's a interplay between those two worlds I feel. so i think it's two things i want to add there like the, lo- the long-term thinking, I think, is something that if everybody learned how to think and feel long-term, then the world would be uh, immediately 60% uh, better 
in lots and lots of ways. The, the, the general way that we do and think about work and business is based on uh, the fundamental core part of it is about stress. It's about that you need to do more and better and that it's not enough. Um, and we strive and often striving, and there's lots of people talking about striving being healthy or a good thing, but that striving in this sense is about creating some kind of upstate in your nervous system. Um, and um, that leads to all of the, the wrong kind of behaviours and it's not good for you. Um, so <laughs> I lost my thread. I was too, holding on too much to the other point. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I think it's, so the other thing I would say might lead me back to what I was trying to get to is that if you are trying to build a million pound business, I think I've worked with so many entrepreneurs and people who are leading companies and it's always about, well, if I can just get to there, if I can just get to there, if I can just get to mm. there, then I'll have that time with my family. Then I'll have the, uh, the holiday that I want, then I'll have this, then I'll have this. And all the time it's deferring living well, which is always available to me in that moment. And I I think as far as I can tell there, it, it never leads to what you want it to lead to. It's never going to, uh, it's not, yeah. it's externalizing and putting off something that, that you're not actually ever going to get anyway. The money won't give you it. Uh, even uh, having sold the business, the satisfaction of it, that is fleeting. It'll be gone, you know, and you'll be able to talk about it and people will say, oh, yeah, there's that guy or that, that woman who um, did that deal. And, yeah, that'll be something that people will have some admiration and approval of you for, but uh, mm. it, it won't fundamentally give you the, what you need and what it is you're, you're after. So I think that's really important to, to remember. Um, I like what you said there. I like that phrase, deferring living well. Yeah, when we live our lives deferring the, the ability to live well because we just need to get to a certain point. The promise of a better life then, that you never really get. Yeah, that, that feels like a bit of a hamster wheel. And, I, and to kind of slowly round off on this, what I... Th what I think may be a challenge, or I believe a challenge is for, for many people, is what does living well mean? Yeah. They don't necessarily have a vision yeah. for what living well is. So I'm going to ask you, what's, what is living well for yourself? What's that picture of the world, your world, not the world, but your world, where everything is, is going well? That's really nice. Thank you. And it actually, it kind of reminds me what the point I was trying to make about the stress and the upstate. I think living well to me is about who's in the driving seat. So I did the leading companies. I did the getting lots of promotions. I didn't, I've never done the selling and making a million pounds. I've never done the um, big company CEO job, uh, but I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of the things that other people might see as succeeding. Uh, and then I did the other, I went in the other direction and sold up and bought a place in the country with, you know, a little bit of land. And I have a lot of time for my family and uh, space to, to build stuff, make stuff, grow stuff. Ultimately, 
if I'm not uh, healthy in in myself, if I'm not in a good relationship with myself, then none of that stuff matters. And so living well for me is uh, not living in a culture in a state of perpetual low-level stress. Living well for me is about uh, being, feeling uh, a sense of being like sort of grounded and largely at ease with myself and accepting of the world around me uh, and being able to act and act wisely when I don't want to accept it for what it is or when I feel a need to make change and but not to do it simply because out of that sort of stress response so it does it definitely involves lots of time with my kids the appropriate amount not too much for their sake and for mine uh, it, it involves being outdoors as much as I possibly can. If I could be outdoors every waking moment of my life, I would be. Um, it involves growing food, uh, being in a good relationship with the, the land around me. It involves playing some kind of part in my community and it involves working with kids. I really enjoy working with kids. I get a lot of life and energy from that. Uh, it involves seeing people uh find more of themselves by working by by sharing stuff with them um it involves eating healthy food it involves being satisfied with my life and with myself ultimately though because that's where the quality of all of those relationships stems from so it's all of those things that you can see and feel and touch and notice but ultimately they're all underpinned by how am I in myself? Am I able to find some ease? Am I able to work well with dis-ease, unease? Um, am I able to listen to my needs, listen to my body so that I can maintain all that stuff? And and that is, to me, that's living well. That's living a good life. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School community podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, thehappystartupschool.com. If you believe that there's more to life and business than making money and waiting for retirement, and if you want to surround yourself with other like-minded change makers and entrepreneurs who want to make money, do good and be happy, then please come join our community. We offer courses, conversations and content that will help you follow your own path to success, whether you're just starting out, struggling to grow your business, or in a position of leadership and trying to work out what's next. There's no reason to face these challenges alone when you can be supported by people like you who want you to succeed. And from Friday the 13th to Sunday the 15th of September, we're hosting our Happy Startup Summer Camp. While we know that strictly isn't summer, the event also isn't just for startups. At its core, Summer Camp is about learning, play and friendship. We want to promote personal growth in business. We advocate holding our work lightly so that we can be more creative. And we know that we can't create impact on our own. We need to work with others that give us energy and support. 
as well as inspirational talks, we got activities and experiences such as Blingo Bingo, botanical brew making, yoga, mindful raving, saunas, hot tubs, lake swimming, Japanese soul fighting, qigong breathing, and dancing. Lots of dancing. To find out more about summer camp, please go to happystartupsummer.camp. Business doesn't have to be boring, and it definitely shouldn't be lonely. I hope you can find your tribe with us this September.